0: Oh <laughs> the Holy Gospel according to Mark. So as soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand, lifted her up, then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. When they found him they said to him everyone is searching for you and he answered let us go on to the neighboring towns so that i may proclaim the message there also so for that is what i came out to do and he went throughout galilee proclaiming the message in the synagogues and casting out demons the gospel of the lord <clears throat> nice to you oh christ please be seated <clears throat> may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you O lord our rock and our redeemer amen so have you ever said something like i will never amount to anything or i'm a failure i'm good for nothing i'm done washed up my life is over maybe not exactly those words but maybe something like it Perhaps it came when a loved one died suddenly, or maybe when you were sitting in jail, a jail cell, or you were the cause for your team to lose the big game, or your high school or college love broke up with you and didn't even say it to your face, or you tore your anterior cruciate ligament and your knee hasn't been the same ever since and you've gone from a full and active life to just glad that you're able to walk. Or you took a new job only to realize this is not at all what you were hoping for. Or you retire, move to a new community, and again, it isn't at all what you were hoping for of what it would be. Or when your marriage ended because something you did or something the other did or when the doctor comes and says, you have cancer. My life is over. I suspect that all of us have said something like those words at some time in our lives. We're all pretty frail people overall. We are not in control of everything that happens to us, and we cannot always count on others to help us on our journey because we are all frail. The same with those who have said, we'll help. I just finished watching the first couple seasons of the series called The Chosen about Jesus life. Anybody see anybody see any of those? The Chosen? Okay. Yeah, I would highly encourage them. It's really good. Um, Came out in 2021. Our gospel reading for today was included in, I think it was the second season, and they showed how Simon left his wife and a sick mother in law to follow Jesus. The gospel never says what her name is except simon's mother-in-law but we do know she's very very sick she's bedridden coughing in the series and is almost too weak to speak but she's hanging on since simon's mother-in-law was living probably in simon's house one could conclude that she was no longer married probably a widow And since Simon left to follow Jesus, perhaps it was Simon's wife who was caring for her mother. And it was good to see Simon back. The series The Chosen helps us to sense the suffering and loss in her life. And then Simon, her son-in-law, who has also been caring for her, now leaves to follow Jesus. Perhaps she said at that time, my life is over since you're leaving. But somewhere, perhaps at the urging of Jesus, Simon, after being gone for a while, knocks on her door and comes in saying, it's me, Simon. And his mother-in-law maybe musters enough energy to give a small smile. And right behind Simon is Jesus. We don't know if Jesus had ever met her before, but what we do know is that Jesus takes Simon's mother-in-law by the hand, and something happens. The fever breaks, her forehead dries up, and she is restored to health immediately in both body and spirit. And perhaps Jesus healed her, to indicate her as indicated in the series because he knew that Simon would be drawn to caring for his mother-in-law as long as she's still sick. And through the healing, Simon saw how much Jesus cared for him and his family and wants to follow Jesus all the more. What's so interesting, in both the film and the text of our reading, is that instead of Simon's mother-in-law jumping up and down, praising God, all excited, she gets up and immediately begins to serve them. It's a wonderful scene. She has now strength immediately to begin serving again. Unfortunately, interpretations have been made of this healing that the purpose of women is to serve the men and Jesus showed it through this healing of Simon's mother-in-law and that has thus now fulfilled her purpose to serve the men who were there now, you don't hear those kinds of interpretations here. You're not going to hear those kinds of interpretations. Um, part of the ELC, part of Mainline, we are not promoting that kind of way of thinking. But then the question becomes, then how do we interpret this? Because that kind of interpretation does damage to women as well as the church. So if the text isn't making the point that women are supposed to serve the men which i am absolutely convinced that is not the point of the text what do we do with this small little line that simon's mother-in-law was healed and began to serve them some other ways to interpret this line is that jesus is just that good at healing no recuperation time needed what a miracle Or we can interpret it as reflecting the culture at the time, it would have been shameful and embarrassing for her not to be able to host her guests and that she would have been happy to have the opportunity to do so now that she is healed. Or we could interpret it as being about just good manners. This was just her way of saying thank you for being healed by Jesus. But all of those answers close the book on this woman's story. A woman was sick, Jesus healed her, she got up and served them, the end. No matter how you interpret it. And then we can forget about her and we move on. Professor Carolyn Lewis and Matt Skinner point out something different. They say that the gospel writer, Mark, won't let us forget about her, all because of that word, serve. It's a troublesome word to us, but for Mark, it's used like a trail of breadcrumbs in the gospel that keeps leading us back to Simon's mother-in-law. The Greek word that is translated to to serve is diakoneo. So the fever left her and immediately she got up to diakoneo. They continue in about 10 chapters, then Mark drops a hint. When Jesus goes to tell his disciples that he has not come to be served, but to serve to diakoneo. He has come to do what Simon's mother-in-law did, Diaconeo. And then a couple chapters later, Mark gives another hint when Jesus is hanging on the cross. And when all the other disciples, the men disciples, that is, have abandoned Jesus, we learn that there is a group of women who watch from a distance a group of mostly unnamed women from the gospel, who as the text says, provided for him in Galilee. And the word therefore provided for is again diakoneo. Here was a group of women who had diakoneoed, served with Jesus, Jesus, And maybe, just maybe, one of those women who has gone all the way to the cross with Jesus is Simon's mother-in-law. Just when we thought her story was over way back in chapter one, here we learn that in some ways that was just the beginning for her. She was more than just a blip on Jesus' healing list. More than a tossed aside example of thankfulness and hospitality, she was a disciple with a new family of followers alongside her. And as a disciple, one who held, you could say, the secret to the kingdom of God that has come near. My life is over, she might have said, but it wasn't. Her fever left her and immediately she diakoneoed. She served whatever Simon's mother-in-law did after she was healed from her fever. Well, it wasn't what we might think as forgettable or menial work. It was divine work. She became a disciple of Jesus. It isn't just a healing story. You could say it's a call story. Simon's mother-in-law became an image of the kingdom of God come near, a model of discipleship from whom Jesus would shape his own ministry. The kingdom of God is dawning. Are you one of those? Or can you think of someone who has had every reason to say, my life is over, but didn't? and have continued to diakoneo, to serve in amazing ways during your life. Moving from my life is over to God reminding us that no, it isn't which is an absolutely favorite theme of Bible stories. The Israelites saying, our life is over against the Philistines. And then little scrawny David shows up and defeats Goliath. God reminding them, I am still with you. Or think about Hagar or Abraham's maidservant, Hagar, the mother of Ishmael. She is discarded to die in the wilderness, my life is over, she says, and then is granted her very own one-on-one conversation with God who promises to make her and her son a great nation. And she is given really exclusive naming rights in a sense over God, Elroy, the one who sees me. Ruth, the Moabite, the outsider who has lost her husband and her father-in-law, bravely goes to care for her mother-in-law, Naomi, in a foreign land. My life is over, she says. And yet in the end, she lands herself on a branch of ancestry, the ancestry tree for Jesus, the Son of God. My life is over, we say. No, it isn't, God says. When the kingdom of God has come near, there is always possibility of new life. That is Jesus' message embodied in the story of Simon's mother-in-law, that the kingdom of God has come near and things are not as they seem. In Jesus, no one's life is ever over. There is always possibility. If the kingdom of God can come near in the midst of the Roman Empire, where there is abuse and rape and crucifixions and people of power thinking they are above the law and can do whatever they want no matter who they harm, then we can be assured that nothing is ever over. Nothing is sealed, nothing is beyond God's reach and repair. That is Simon's mother-in-law's story. That is our story. And in the end, it is really God's story. Just when we think that God's life is over on the cross, there is the empty tomb. Christ is risen. Life isn't over, not for God. Not for us. Now you and all, the ways you take up divine work, of diaconeo in your life, be signs of that hope and promise that God is there even in the midst of pain and struggle. Amen.